0: Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth Podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. This is a topic that I wanted to get out to you because I hear a lot of parents concerned uh, for their kids nowadays. I hear a lot of uh, people who don't have kids, now they're questioning if they, hey Kelly, if they should have kids because what's going on in the world? Uh, So this was a topic that I thought I should touch on today because um, your decision to have kids and raise your kids is completely, has nothing to do with the society with this world, with the way it is. And, um, you know, and I'll have people could be watching, you know, could be thinking this on the replay saying, you know, she only has an 11 year old, a seven year old and a five year old. She hasn't gone through the teenage years and she hasn't gone through this, but I don't have to go through it and my kids don't have to go through it um, to teach from that. Perspective. So, you know, you're qualified when the Lord calls you to do something and the Lord calls you to um, speak and to do uh, things that he's asked you to do, and you're basing your points, hey Kayla, hey Mary Jo, hey Liz, off of the word of God, then you're qualified. So I don't have to have older kids and be a grandmother right now to speak on how to future proof your kids. I'm going to just go through the word of God and encourage you and let you know how you raise your kids now is going to prevent heartache down the road, prevent tragedy down the road, prevent different, you know, uh Get them in for a love for the Word of God. Getting them a love for the Word of God at a young age is so vital for their life. It's not just making sure they're in Sunday school every Sunday and Wednesday night. Everything that they're going to take on later in life, meaning everything that they're going to absorb, hey, Marianne, everything that they're going to absorb, everything that they're going to have in their arsenal ready for, you know, whatever coming their way is going to be what you've taught them, what you've shared with them, what an example you were to your children. You know, I laugh because I've heard Ted tell this story, you know, he was a youth pastor for eight, eight to nine years when we lived in Virginia Beach and one time he had a really upset mom come in because her daughter did something wrong and she was trying to pinpoint it on the youth pastor. And so Ted, you know, sat down with her and said, listen, (laughs) how many days are, you know, how many hours in a day, how many days in a week? I get her for this amount each week. The rest is with you. What are you teaching? What are you doing? What are you paying attention to? And so we have to realize that we can't put this off. So we don't have to be nervous to have kids in uh, 2021, 2022, 2023. We don't have to be nervous. We don't have to be fearful of, of how the world is. We don't have to, uh, hey, Colleen, we don't have to be uh, you know, nervous. You know, Well, who's in office? What, what are my kids going to have when they get older? We are from a different system. We're from a different world. We have a different leader. Um, You know, and so we have to realize that what we know, the knowledge we have, what we know from the Word of God that's teaching us, we can then pass it to our children. We can then give it to them and be their teachers and their guide. I do not expect anybody else to be responsible for what my children know and how they are and how they behave. I know they're going to pick up little things here and there, but you know, I, you know, you, you know the people that you constantly hear and their kids acting up and, you're always, and they're always like, well, if so, you know, she was around Jimmy and if Jimmy, you know, he says this and so, and it's like, okay, but at the end of the day, you know, you've got to just, you know, cut it out with them and then the responsibility is yours. You can't just keep, you know, blaming your kids' behavior, what they do or what they know based on other people. Okay, so it starts within the home, and so we're going to learn today just three things I'm going to go over on how to future-proof your kids because, you know, not every, I I homeschool my children. For many of you who maybe don't know that by now or new to the broadcast or jumping on the podcast, you know, I homeschool my kids, so they're not in a lot of stuff that other kids might be in or around, and so, but that doesn't mean that if you are somebody who has your children somewhere else that it's destruction for them no you just make sure your kids can be a light in the dark world by equipping them by teaching them and by training them we know it says in proverbs 22 6 direct your children unto the right path and when they are older they will not leave it and so Any parents that are watching that might have um, a son or daughter that has walked away from, hey, Nancy, that has walked away from the faith, walked away from the family, it doesn't mean they can't come back. We all know the prodigal son story. And just remember to keep praying for them, keep being a good witness, keep loving them. The seeds that you have sown over the years um, are in them. And so don't say, well, I didn't future-proof my kids when they were young. I didn't know about the Lord or I was late to being saved. You can't kick yourself about it. Don't think on that. Think on right now I can make a switch. Right now I can make a change. Right now I can do something about it. It's never, it's never too late with the Lord. So it's just a matter of... Uh, making a change and um, making that switch. So the first thing uh, I want to go over is strive to look different. Number one that I'm going to go over is striving to look different. We know what the world looks like. I want nothing, nothing nothing to do with it I mean like even more (laughs) now than ever before I want nothing to do with it I want to be that city. I want to teach my children to be that city that the Bible says set up on a hill and the light will never go out. It's never, what happened to the song, you know, like this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, you know, so we've got to be that light in this dark world. But we have to have a training process into that. So we have to strive to look different. Now I wrote down something that Ted has said a lot when he's preached, and it says um, what one generation tolerates, the next generation will celebrate. Now, I'm going to give an example here, and I know it's an example that, you know, people have their uh, very high opinions on, but I'm going to give an example of drinking. Okay, pen drops. I can hear it through the camera. (laughs) I don't think as a Christian, especially as a leader, you should drink. I know it's not a sin. The Bible does not say it's a sin. The Bible says that being drunk is a sin. Okay? Now, but here's my thing. If you are a bigger person, a smaller person, tall, short, all that comes into play when you drink and you get to that line of sinning. Why even get to the line where you could sin? And so this is one thing you have to teach your children to look different. The world is all about drunkenness. The world's all about it looks so cool to be at a club or to be at a place or isn't it isn't it so beautiful to have like a really pretty um, you know a home and then you have the beautiful wine glasses and the martini gl- you know the world builds this up into you know we gotta have the wine, and we gotta have the liquor, and we gotta have this, and we gotta have that, and it's just—it's beautiful. And you know, we can get the, it, and it becomes a collection. We got the expensive wine, and it's made from 50 years ago, and that makes it, you know, worth more. And you know, all of these things that gets built into, you know, social drinking. It—it it looks cool to have, you know, something in your hand, and you're you're with your friend, and then you know then your guard is let down. And then, you know, the, I've, I might do a broadcast on it, but the Bible talks about it. Drinking is not for kings. You know, I'm not going to get to that line. I'm not going to do that in front of my kids, even if I didn't have kids. But I'm not going to do that and be like, listen, let me, let me tell you, you know, being drunk, is, being drunk is a sin. I want you to live godly. Being drunk is a sin. But, you know, if you have a little bit, it's okay. But just know your limit. Because, you know, why would I want to teach them ever, ever, ever to get near that line? Why would I ever want to teach them to get to that point where I could possibly be talking them into the point of sinning? And so, if you don't want your kids to get drunk, don't be a drinker. I know it's not a popular, Um, message. I know that a lot of people think hey it's no big deal I'm gonna you know go out and have a glass of wine with dinner and you know if if that's what you want to do and that's what you do you know no judgment on me I'm just telling you what I do as far as I never want to be to the point where I've let now something else control my body bef- besides the Holy Spirit. I, I'm like now getting off on something I said I wouldn't get off of. <laughs> but I never want to get to that point where now I can't make good decisions. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, now I'm anything that I would have, um, but children learn what they what they live. That's why it's important not to drink. And so I I, Right, Hope, that's what I'm saying. We're to be an example for our kids. We're the biggest example for our kids, no matter what, no matter if they're around school, what TV shows they're watching, what other people they're around. At the end of the day, what's in the home and what parents are doing are the biggest examples. And so if you don't want your kids to do things that could lead to sinful actions, because honestly, I mean, like, what kid in a peer pressure peer pressure situation in a party is going to be like just one drink I'm just having one drink and then that's it no they're looking like everyone else a Christian that's going to strive to look different and to live a godly and holy life is going to say no thank you that's not for me I don't want my um, thoughts altered I don't want my uh, decisions to be skewed I don't want that that's not for me And I'm not going to do it. It's not pleasing to the Lord. It's not pleasing to the Holy Spirit. And it is what it is. It it, it, it is what it is. So um, we want to teach our kids to strive to look different. Our kids need to understand that living holy brings blessings from God. If you go to Deuteronomy 28. So there, now you have it. If anyone has ever wondered if I drink socially or at all, the answer is H to the E to the L to the L to the no. (laughs) It is not for me and it is not for my family. Um, So blessings for the obedience. Deuteronomy 28, if you fully obey the Lord your God, and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving to you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. And wherever you go and whatever you do will be be blessed so instead of showing kids the disobedience factor like constantly like this is what's gonna happen it's bad it's bad it's bad I take it from the standpoint of listen Madeline and Brooklyn and Teddy this is why we're gonna look different you want to know why we're gonna look different because look what we get when we look different Look what we are rewarded with when we look different. I'm not teaching them that God is a God up there with a lightning bolt and you're going to strive to look different because if not, he's going to hurt you. He's after you. Yeah, there are consequences for sinning. There are consequences and that's taught, but teach your kids, Hey, You want to live a holy, and you want to look different, and you want to live a holy and godly life, because look what God is going to give you. Look what He is going to rain down on you. And so that happens with my kids. When they get blessed with something, when they, you know, I'll tell them, I'll say, look, look how, while you're getting blessed. Look what you've done. Look how you've acted. And so I've taken it to the point of not always bad, 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 bad if you're disobedient. It's coming from the side of, in my mind process, yeah, if I stay on this track, if I do these things, look what I'm gonna get. Look at the life that God's gonna give me. Look at all the blessings that are gonna be around me if that's the case. And so uh, focus on the blessings, when you receive for obe- for obedience to His Word. So that's where we're going to strive to look different. We are not going to tolerate the things that this world tolerates. We're not going to uh, just think it's okay uh, to fit in at all. You don't have to to not fit in and be considered like a geek or a nerd, you know, that's like the thing. And that's what they show you in these movies. Anytime there's like a high school scene, it's like the really popular kids, and what are they doing? They're partying, partying. they've got their, you know, parents are out, and they're breaking into their mom's liquor cabinet, and they're having, you know, boys and girls over, and that's what the cool people do. And so that's something that is getting into the kids' mindsets over and over again, it's cool to break the rules. It's cool to live on the edge. It's cool, and so it's not taught to your kids. It's cool to be different. It's cool to do what God's asking you to do. Why? Because your consequences won't be bad. You'll receive blessings. You'll have more than these other kids have. You'll have a good life. You won't have to deal with heartache. You won't have to deal with the lack of things. See? So that's what we have to do. Like Hope said, focus on the blessings. Be different. Teach your kids godliness, holiness is not when you're a nerd, not when you're, you know, looking like, uh, you know, just somebody who has no social skills. Absolutely not. A child of God is full of wisdom. A child of God is very cool. You can teach your kids. A child of God is blessed. A child of God has it all together. A child of God is a leader. A child of God is what other people are looking at saying I want what she has. Why is that little kid always so happy? Why is that little boy always so loving and generous and kind? Why? Why, why are they saying no to what other kids are doing? Teach your kids, strive to look different, okay? Number two, we're gonna uh, future-proof your kids by showing reverence to God's house. So we're not teaching our kids, hey, we have to go to church, today's Wednesday. Okay, we have a midweek service. So I'm like, kids, ugh so tired, it's been a really long week, we're getting ready to travel again this weekend, I really could be packing, I really could be doing more things around the house, but it's Wednesday, you know what that means, we have to go to church, you know, if you present the house of God that way, that's how they're always going to look at it, and when they get older, and when they get older, they're going to be like, um, well, it's not really a big deal. Like, it's just Wednesday. I mean, I do go to church Sunday. That's like the, that's, that's church day technically, right? Like, that's the important day. That's the important day to go to church. If I go to church on Sunday, I'm good. Wednesday is like a bonus, so I don't really have to go. You can't teach your children that. Even when you're tired, even when you have other things to do, you have to snap yourself back into it and be like, listen, I, want to go to church. I want to put everything aside. I want to take a moment out of my busy week and I want to get into the presence of God. I want to sit there. I want to sing. I want to listen to what my my pastor has for me. I want to receive everything that I have because it fills me up and gets me to the next day, gets me to the... Be- continually puts me in the place of being a good wife and a good parent and good at my job because I'm getting filled up with the right things. Hey Lisa, good to see you. Hey Nancy. And so that is the importance of showing reverence to God's house. That we uh, make it a priority, it's not a side note. So we take it from we get to go Okay, Now we have to go. Ugh, I'm dragging my heels. We get to go, but it's a priority. It's not a side note. It's not second to uh, sports. It's not second to vacations. It's not second to a uh, company in town and we have other things to do. It's not second uh, to to anything else. Church should be first. Church is If I'm on vacation and I'm on it for a while, bam, I need to find a church somewhere to be in. Uh, If if I have, you know, I've never, I I will never, I don't care how good my kid is at a sport. I don't care if he was destined and God called him into uh, the M, is that an NBA, is baseball? MBL, major league, MLB. Oh my gosh, see. My kids will never be in it because I don't even know what it stands for. Let's just say he's going to be a baseball player. (laughs) We'll make it simple. (laughs) Um, Or NBA. See, I know that one. Uh, Football. NFL. Okay. Which I would never know because they're all a bunch of crazy programmed robots. But anyway, let's just say he he wouldn't miss church for nothing. Nothing. God would have to, if God, if God gifted him with the ability to be that good, then let me tell you, him missing a Sunday, him missing, you know, whatever day church falls on is going to be just fine. Because why would you miss? Right? God's gifted him. Why, Why would you miss church? God's called him to do it. You don't skip out on the one who's called you. So everything else should become second. He's going to get it because that's what a gift that God's given to him. And we don't take the gift and we don't go with other things. When God gives you a gift, you put the giver first. Then the gifts keep coming. You don't get the gift and then you just, you know, turn your back on it and say, Well, I got to travel this weekend. Well, I got to do this this weekend. Absolutely not. You show reverence to the house of God by what you say, how you present it to your kids, and 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 how you let them go with their attendance. It is all showing honor and reverence to the house of God. And another one, I mean, these are little things that like, uh, you know, you could look at and be like, well, you know, you could look at all the things I'm saying and say that's absolutely ridiculous, or she's being super straight laced, or she's being you know this way. But this is how I I do it in my family, and this is just how I will always I will always be. So <laughs> I don't know what to tell you on that one. Here's another one. So Brooklyn is uh, she's my punky Brewster. She is. She just. She is. She's wild in all of her stuff, you know. If she could, it'd be a feather boa with Mitch. Ma- miss, <laughs> like, yep, mix match socks. She got her nails done today with my mom. I'm sure they're all multiple colors, and <laughs> I haven't gotten a picture yet. Um, you know, she'll she'll put on this pink eyeshadow, and she comes down with like way over the top blush on her cheeks, and nothing matches. And it's just like, hey, mom, I'm good to go. Well, for me, see, this, this, is my, this is my concept for my children and church. I feel like sometimes people will take the house of God and it looks like any other place that's out there. It's run like any other place. It looks like any other place. And it's treated like any other place. So when I get to the point of reverence for God, this is what I mean is my kids aren't going to dress any old way that they want to church. They're, they're just not. It's going to always be in their mind that your best is for the house of God. I'm not going to doll them up. I'm not going to get them all dressed up for a special occasion, a special outing, a special anything. But then when it comes to Sunday morning, I'm like, "Here, just get your jean shorts on and your flip-flops and let's go. You're in kids class anyway." Nope. No. They've got their church outfits on Sunday. They got their they know to dress up on Sunday morning. And they get to dress down a little bit more on Wednesday because they'll do activities sometimes outside and everything, but I'm aware of it. And so it's presented that they know, "Hey, we got meetings this week. This is what's allowed in church, and this is not what's allowed in church." Hey, I'll say, "Madeline, you didn't even do your hair. You brush your teeth, you brush your hair, you look presentable for the house of God." Okay? We're not going to make sure this cuz this is my thing. I'm never going to teach my kids to look better somewhere else if they don't already look that way for church. But see, I don't have to I don't have to worry about that because, you know, If I dress them up because they go on a date with dad or we're going to a dinner or we're going to a Christmas concert or Christmas outing, you know, Christmas play or something for a special holiday. That's not going to be the time that they're the fanciest. That's not going to be the time where they're known just to dress up. They're going to have an honor and a reverence for the house of God. Okay, here's another one. I don't let my kids have devices in church. I don't let my kids have devices in church. I feel like they have a device in the car, they have a device in a restaurant, they have a device everywhere else. But for the house of God, it's gonna look different. These are the rules that I've implemented with my kids because I want to future-proof them. I want them to have the mindset, hey, this is church. I'm not walking into this like a movie theater. I'm not walking into this like any old other building, you know, this, this is the house of God. If you look in Exodus 3, I wrote this down in Exodus 3, 5, when it was the burning bush for Moses. No, it's not. What did I write? Yeah. Nope. Sorry, I went to Genesis. Exodus 3, 5, the burning bush for Moses. It says, do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals for you're standing on holy ground. I am the God, your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at the Lord. Was that, in a, was that in a church building? Was that No, that wasn't at all. It goes to show you that there are several places in the Bible that were considered holy ground. And it wasn't because of the location. It was holy because God was there. And so we have to be conscious of that with our church. God is there. It is holy ground. It is something not like any other building. It is something that's not like any other place. You reverence that place. And um, same for uh, my kids. I wrote down that example. When it comes to praise and worship, they're standing. You know, I've I've given leeway for ages. You know, when, when Teddy, he's five now, so now I'm starting to make him stand through it all. When he was three and four, you know, I let him sit. But as they've gotten older, because this is how I, this again is how I look at it. If I can take them to a theme park, then everything comes with age, right? So at certain times in a theme park, they just stayed in strollers because they weren't at that age. Then you get out of a stroller, and then you're walking, and then you know, so as you get older, you're trained and you learn and do other things. So my kids at a theme park can stand in a line for a ride and then we get to church and parents just let their kids do whatever they want. They get to a place and it's like, hell yeah, this is a new ride. We're gonna make sure we're standing in this line for two hours, grab your popcorn, grab your water and we're good to go. And then you've got 20 minutes of praise and worship at your church, you know or longer and kids are sitting looking at their hands, you know, anything else they want to do. No! Tell them to stand up. We are singing to the Lord. We are entering into worship and praise. In praise and worship you enter into His presence. Everything is a teaching moment for our kids. Everything is a time where you can say hey listen if we can stand at a theme park or we can stand in line at you know whatever we want to stand in line at then we're going to stand and worship the heavenly father the creator of this world the one who gives us everything the one who everything we have is his you know (laughs) stand up (laughs) and so that's how we have to teach our kids to reverence god's house And it's all training. And yes, it takes some years. And it takes time. And it takes patience. And just like in every season, it's different when you teach your kids to sit in church when they're younger. And then as they do it, they get older. But you don't, I, I never ever just bring my kids to come into a service and they just flop down and not enter in. You teach them to enter in. You teach them to be a part of it whether they feel like it or not. Not everything you do is based on feelings. If that was the case, we would not do the majority of the things because our flesh is going to take over and we're not going to want to do it. I remember one time, you know, when Maddie was young, she didn't mean any harm by it, but she was in the back. Someone had let her go in the back and help out with something, and so she texted me in service and she was like, uh, I don't even know what she was doing in the back room. And, you know, they were just asking if she wanted to help, but service was going on. And I said, Madeline, you need to get back out here. And listen, I I even told her, I took the moment. I said, listen, you are in more church than most people, and you're in it every night. But sometimes we have to press in, even when we don't feel like it, even when we're tired, even when our guard feels down, we need to make sure we stay in that, presence and learn to train our flesh to be pushed down rather than let it take over all right so number two was show reverence for God's house in Psalm 111 10 it says The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. So it doesn't say the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom, that we are to be scared of him. No. When it talks about fearing the Lord, it has nothing to do with, you know, this picture, this bad God that's out to get you and hurt you and beat you up to fix you up. Not at all. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the respect. The honor is true wisdom. When you say, Lord, I'm honoring you, I respect you, I'm listening to you, I'm obeying you, there's none before you, then that is where true wisdom comes and it says all who obey will grow in wisdom. We want wisdom. We want to grow in wisdom each and every day. We want our kids to grow in wisdom. We want our kids to be smarter and smarter each and every day. So when the devil tries to attack them when you're not around, when the devil tries to lie to them, they already have the answers. They're already equipped. They're already strong in the Lord and know how to react, know how to stand up against Peer pressure to stand up against uh, lies of the enemy, because wisdom is what we. Wisdom will bring everything else. Wisdom will bring the finances. Wisdom will bring the ideas. Wisdom will bring the protection. So we want wisdom, and so honoring, respecting the Lord gives us an access, gives us a key to having wisdom. And that's what we want our kids to have. That's what we want us to give to our kids, to teach to our kids. All right? And so number three on how to future-proof your kids is create spiritual disciplines. And that is one of the reasons, you know, besides Maddie's cute thing she did with Miracle Word Kids saying, you know, like, Dad has Miracle Word Ministries and Mom has Nonstop Mom and, you know, what do we have? And then we kind of all said, you know, let's start, let's start a kids' ministry called Miracle Word Kids. And, um, you know, that's something that kind of started with habits that our children need to form that are vital to live successfully in this world until the Lord comes back. And so creating spiritual discipline, um, having them read the Bible daily. You know, that's one of the, now that Brooklyn is old enough to read. She's learned in the last couple years and has learned better and now chapter books. She's got a little Bible that she reads um, at night and it's next to her bed. Maddie, she reads the Bible. She um, does the miracle word kids teaching so she's she's knowing the topics on that. Memorizing scripture and so that's what you have to do. And that's what we give to your kids. That's why it's so important And to get out there and it's not just another thing that we just like, you know, I I personally write out the Bible studies for the kids in a way because and I give Bible verses because what we're teaching on, I want them to get the word into their heart out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks when you're squeezed, what's going to come out of you just like anything that's squeezed, what's going to come out of it? And so that's what's so important with creating, um, creating uh, spiritual disciplines in your kids at an early age. And you know, I've had parents say, "I'm so frustrated. I've went my kid, you know, and I find out that their kid is five. Well, realistically." Uh, more than likely, a five-year-old isn't going to wake up and be like, Hey, Mom, let's start our devotions. Or I've already read mine. You know, they can't even read hardly. And so it's like, I'll, get, I'll be like, listen, take it easy. Don't, don't be so hard on your kids. Do this with them and let them see you do it. Because like I said at the beginning, you're their biggest and greatest example. So do this with them. Let them see you praising the Lord during the day. For no other reason than you're thankful, you're praising the Lord, and they can hear it. Okay? Read your Bible. Make sure you're reading. Make sure you're praying. So not only with your kids, but let them see what a life looks like for people who do. What is the result for a fasting, praying, believing, faith-filled Christian? And they'll think, well, that's my mom. Well, that's my dad. You know if i look back there was something going on in their life that they shouldn't have had a reaction like that to. but this was actually their reaction then they can put those pieces together of the puzzle and be like yeah that was because they knew the word that was because they read that was because they fasted that was because they prayed and so you create these spiritual disciplines in them uh you know, I, I, I suggest get a topic. You know, we've done it with Miracle Word Kids. We're like, you know, we're doing the the fruit of the Spirit, breaking it down in the next three weeks. But if you wanna teach your kids and let's get healing into them. All right, well let's let's take a scripture a day when you get in bed with them or in the morning or whenever you guys talk, even if you're just sitting at the table at dinner time and say, Listen, well, do you know what the Bible says about healing? You know, in Acts ten thirty eight, it said Jesus went around you know, doing good, healing all that were oppressed from the devil. It's like, okay, well, then you can open the door to, well, does Jesus heal all or does he heal some? And so you get into that topic with your kids. Topical studies are my favorite because it gives them a breakdown. Well, now we're going to learn about the goodness of God. You know, what does the Bible say about the goodness of God? Or what does it say about his love? What did he do that was so great for us? He loved us, He created the world, He sent His Son, He watched His Son suffer. I'm sure that hurt God, to watch His Son suffer, but it was all done out of love. So when you teach them love, then that helps them become loving. It helps them become compassionate for the things of God. Um. In First Timothy four twelve, let me get there. Hold on one second. It shows you. In 1 Timothy four twelve, it shows you. Now I'm, all my pages are stuck together and I can't get to it. What in the world? All right, I'll get there. First Timothy four twelve. It tells you that it doesn't matter your age if you go to it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter. Here we go. 1 Timothy 4.12. It says, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. So right there, as a kid, they can live in a certain way they can live in love, they could be known by their faith at a young age, they could be known by their purity at a young age, and it says be an examples to all believers and all believers at a young age. Your kids can do this at a young age. They don't have to mess up, they don't have to go through hardship, they don't have to Um, be confused or ever wonder what God has for them or what does the Bible say they can go into the deeper things of God so with these three things that I talked about you know even if you want to go back and listen to them go back and watch them with your kids but it's important that one we strive to look different we have to teach our kids so that means if we're teaching our kids we have to look different we have to do different things we have to be different in that light so our kids can absorb the same thing. So we're going to strive to look different. We don't want to look like this world. We're going to make sure our kids understand what it is to be the fear of the Lord, which is honor and respect. So for the house of God, it's not going to be, you know, you'll go back and listen. It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be a, we have to go to church. It's not going to be churches just like anywhere else. It's, it's, you know, It's to be looked at differently, to be known it's different, and to be set apart. And three, we're going to create spiritual disciplines in our children. We're going to get them a love for reading the Word. You know, I paid Maddie to read her Bible until she woke up and read her Bible on her own without getting paid. Why is it we'll think to pay our kids for taking out the trash, for having chores and getting our gold stars at the end of the week on our chart, for, you know, reading, uh, you've got three books I want you to read this summer because you really need to bring up your reading level. And so I'll pay you at the end of, you know. But when it comes to, it's the same thing. But you know what? We're rewarded for doing good things all throughout the Bible. We're rewarded for sowing our offering, right? We get a harvest. We're rewarded. We're giving to get. We're rewarded by When I just read in Deuteronomy, we're rewarded for obeying the word of the Lord and receiving the blessings of God. So don't look at it as, well, very very rarely your kids are just going to wake up and be like, Hey, I just want to read today. You know, (laughs) there are probably a few out there. (laughs) But I'm just saying from the three that I have, it was a teaching process. It was, hey, Maddie, you do this and you get there. But you know what? Because of it, she's been able to um, hear the voice of the Lord. You know, teaching your children to hear the voice of the Lord at a young age is, to me, one of the most important things you can train your children in. Because that's how he speaks to us. He speaks to us. Literally, he speaks to us. He answers our prayers. He speaks to us, the Holy Spirit, we should be able, if He's our guide, we have to be able to listen to know where He's going. And it says in the Bible that the sheep know my voice. So it was the shepherd, and it was the story of the shepherd, and Jesus is the shepherd, and it says the sheep know my voice. So you have to train your kids to hear the voice of the Lord. I've done that with Maddie several times. Not everything I've said, you can't do this, Maddie. You can't do this, Brooklyn. You know, Teddy's not there yet. He's on his way to listening, but he's five, so that's in a training process. Maddie's 11, so it's different. And it's like, listen, I'll say, you know what, Madeline? This year, you know, at this time, we're giving a large seed. You ask the Lord, and you listen to what he wants you to give. And then you're going to believe God for the money. You know, so you put them in a challenging situation where they have to then push themselves on their own to hear the voice of the Lord. I've done this with Maddie for the last few years uh, with things that she's watched. Because when you start getting more than one kid, you know, with Madeline it was easy. I could pre-watch stuff and be like, you know, now, now I make sure I read the parents' reviews and what's in movies because I don't have the time to watch the whole thing every time before. But, you know, with Madeline, I had one kid. What else was I going to do? <laughs> I had a way quieter life when I had one kid. And I don't just mean that. I just mean everything all around. Ministry and life is, has really grown and, and is busy. So I can't uh, go and watch everything. So I've just trained Maddie. I said, listen, Madeline, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. So the moment you feel uncomfortable, the moment you feel like a uh, real red flag, I don't, you know, you question. I don't know if mom and dad would like this. I don't know if this is for me. Any type of hesitation is the Holy Spirit knocking on you saying this isn't for you. And I want you to learn to listen to that and then be obedient to it. And without fail, I'm so proud to say that that has happened. You know, she, by any means, you know, (laughs) has her mess-up times. But with that, I will say she has made me and the Holy Spirit proud. She will listen. She'll come to me sometimes. And there was something, you know, her friends were watching, and she came, and she said... I don't think Jesus and daddy would like it if I watched that. So at least she felt like her dad wasn't going to like it and she said something about it. But you have to give them the opportunity to hear the shepherd's voice. So the sheep will know when it sounds like, when there's danger, when there's something they need to be doing, when it's something they need, a direction they need to go. They'll know what the Lord is saying to them. And so these are all future proofing your kids today with these uh, biblical ways because it's imperative, especially now. I mean, the world is getting crazier. The world is getting worse. But you know what? It excites me because it gives me more to do. It gives me more people to reach the lost. It gives my children more of an opportunity to bring people into the kingdom. It gives our family and your family more of an opportunity to walk out this Christian life to be a light. So don't look at it as scary. Don't look at it as I can't have kids. Don't look at it as... um, It's not for me. I'm just going to hide in my house and just wait until the Lord returns and to shelter. No, you don't need to shelter your kids that way to the point where they don't even know how to have a coherent sentence out in life or with somebody or even look at them in the eye. That's not what the sheltering part has to do. You will lead them and you will guide them and you will give them information as their age appropriate but you don't need to shelter them in fear and think, you know, what's going to happen to them. You just have to teach them, you have to train them, and let them walk out their faith. Let them try it. Let them say, all right, I'm, I'm going to use my faith for this. Okay, I don't feel very well, I have a headache. Yeah, Mom, Mom's going to agree and pray with me, but you know what? I'm going to try this. I'm going to lay hands on myself and I'm going to command this headache to go away. I'm going to command this stomach ache to go away. I, don't know, I have Siri talking to me. I need even pressure. <laughs> and so these are the things to future proof your kids into an easy life, into a life not filled with bad consequences, but with the blessings of God. And so as I pray for you today, I believe that um, God's going to give you strength as a parent. God's going to give you wisdom as a parent to do everything that you've been called to do. Heavenly Father, thank you today for each and every mom, dad, grandparent, (laughs) non-parent watching and listening to this. I thank you, Lord, that you give them supernatural strength and wisdom each and every day to raise their children. I know every kid has different personalities, Lord, but speak to the parents, speak to the grandparents on how to deal with each kid. Thank you, Lord, for giving them um, to be a great example for their children, that they'll know God, that they won't have to deal with heartache and pain and mistakes, that their children will be a light such a bright light that they'll bring many to the kingdom. People will want to know why are your kids different? Why are my kids acting this way when they should be scared and and looking like everyone else in the world? Why is your kid always so happy? Why does your kid always feel so confident and secure? Uh, Lord, touch each and every parent, grandparent, guardian, and any future moms that are out there, that they're not going to be scared. They're not going to wonder if they should have kids. The Lord has said in Genesis to be fruitful and multiply. So, Father God, I pray that you give everyone strength, everyone wisdom that's listening to this broadcast, or replay on the podcast, and that they know that we're from a different world, We have a different leader, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our Holy Spirit's our guide that we listen to. And we'll do what you've asked us to do and go where you've asked us to go. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for watching. Thank you for being with me. I pray this helped. I pray that this gives you... Um, a boost in your parenting. I pray that, you know, if there's some things you feel like, well, I never looked at it that way or I never saw it like that and maybe I should tweak tweak a little bit, um, then then try it and see, you know, what, what works, what you can do. Ask the Lord. Say, Lord, you know, I wasn't looking at it that way. You know, maybe I should change something and, and try it out in my family and be the best witness and the best example to my kids that i ever ever could have because at the end of the day like i said at the beginning of this broadcast it it's not not to you know make you go oh my gosh but it falls on you parents it falls on you when you meet people out in life (laughs) if you don't like them blame their parents (laughs) sorry it's true um But God's going to give you wisdom. I know it. God's going to give you uh, strength to parent, right? Especially in these last days. He's going to uh, help you to be uh, different, not only for your kids, but for people around you. And the way that your family is going to operate is going to be different. You're gonna be the blessing in the neighborhood. You're gonna be the place where all the neighborhood kids wanna come to and be like, you know, I want what they have. I feel that peace. I want it. I want, I want, their home is so different when I go into it. What is that? I wanna know what you have and where can I get it? And there's your opportunity to lead people to Jesus and be that witness. So I love you guys. Thanks for joining me. Make sure you share it. If you listen to this or tag it or, or, or listen to it and post it, tag me. I love to know your feedback. I love to see your involvement in it. I like to share it and it gets the word out more. And I'll see you on Friday uh, for another word and our my giveaway, my Carolyn favorites. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You'll have to find out on Friday. And You uh, guys have a rest of your week. Good week. Love you guys. Bye.